Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my wonderful friend and co-host Ananga Sevier. We come together weekly from Kent and Leelanau and share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. This month, we're celebrating surpassing a milestone 8 million downloads, and we couldn't do it without you. So thank you so very much for listening in. The feeling of waiting for something bad to happen often comes when the anxious mind pulls us outside of the present moment. Today, we're going to be discussing why this happens and share self-care practices that you can move into your daily routine to help you settle your mind. Yeah, so we're responding to a question we received, how to stay in gratitude when you're always waiting for something bad to happen. And that's a really good question. And we have some ideas around that because it's not the first time we've received it and you are not alone in being in that place, waiting for the other shoe to drop or waiting for something bad to happen. The good news is there are things that you can practice, that you can start to do that uh, will make that dissipate. And let's begin by talking about past trauma and stress or anxiety and how that plays into this. Yeah, you use the saying, Shan, waiting for the other shoe to drop. That sense of just waiting for the next thing. And often that comes from anxiety in our past or trauma in our past. We might be experiencing the effects of a traumatic event from the past that came in on a happy day, broke through onto a happy day. And so we enter into a hypervigilant state where we don't trust happier times because we just fear that it's going to happen again. So the anxious mind sets up this looking and waiting, always waiting for the next bad thing to happen, not able to trust a good day because we're waiting for that bad thing to happen. It doesn't always work this way, but it can do, that we're bringing some trauma or stress or anxiety from behind us, from back in time and kind of throwing it over our shoulder ahead of time and looking out for it. And this is when the memory of those moments steal away our peace and happiness. Yeah, sometimes I think of it almost like a trust issue where we feel we can't trust happy days or peaceful days or grateful moments because we, we're just waiting. We feel like, you know, something's going to happen. Something's coming. What's coming? So there's that not being able to settle in to the moment. There's a practice that I've been working on for a long time and that I've recommended over the years to others is, well, maybe it's not a practice so much as it is something to sit with is that your old story, no matter what it is, is not the only story. No matter what you have experienced up until this moment in time, that does not mean that those things are going to happen again and again. That old story is just that. Mm-hmm. You get to create a new one. You get to create a new story the way that you want to if you just get out of your own way and take in some of the suggestions we have so that you don't have to live in that place waiting for something else bad to happen. Yeah, it's like we have to practice leaning into it in a different way. And I think it's really important to be compassionate if that is our experience to 
understand it. It's helpful to know it and understand it. Otherwise, we can think that we're just randomly feeling like that. It's good to have cause and effect. And it's good to show compassion if we are carrying something from the past that's casting a shadow over our future. Not be hard on ourselves. That doesn't help anything. It also sets things up beautifully for EFT tapping mm-hmm. so that you can bring that story forward, whatever it may be, and tap through it. And release it. Yeah. Yeah. And release it. What about future predictions? Because that's another thing that gets us into trouble. Yeah. Two sides of the same coin, really, aren't they? Anxiety often projects into the future with things we fear might go wrong. So sometimes there's a precedent there from something in the past or Sometimes it's just something we dread or we really worry about that isn't in our reality, but we're holding it in our mind and and it's there in the future. Something that uh, we fear might go wrong. Sometimes it's something relevant to us or sometimes we might get triggered. It might be something that's caught us on an anxious day, caught our attention and triggered our mind. It might be somebody else's story that we fear happening to us. It might be something we see on the news. Very often you can just be checking something on the internet and you'll get some story up of some symptom or something negative and the anxious mind will grab that and start worrying about it. And then it's there on our horizon in front of us. So future predictions are another way of the mind time traveling outside of the present moment and living in the realm of anxiety. I can really identify with the other people's stories. That's something that I have to work with, especially when it comes to health anxiety. If I hear something multiple times about a particular issue, and it happened this year where I started to worry it and take it on, and then had to untangle that with tapping and meditation and all of the things that I know to do because I could see what I was doing. I could see that I was taking that on and and that I was afraid, and that it was a story that I had created, or that my mind had created, and that I needed to be able to release it and let go of it. And I've done that before with with other ailments, with other health stories, or I mean, COVID, I don't even listen anymore to all of the news around COVID. All I know is that I have to be extraordinarily careful and kind, because if I watch those news stories every day, all of those tragic stories unfolding just send me into a spiral. I can't stay in the present moment if I'm constantly worried about my health, my family's health, your health, your daughter's health, everybody that I love's health. That creates a a completely different issue with future predictions. Yeah. And it's interesting that you're, you're covering different trigger points because this is something we've talked about before. And I think it's important to mention here is that What this shows is that it's not the thing that the mind fixes on. It's that the mind is stirred up. The mind is anxious. And Ayurveda teaches this, that it's not so much the thing that the mind's fixating on or churning over stories and possibilities about or checking our bodies about. That isn't the issue. The issue is that the mind is unsettled. When the mind's settled and we hear those things, we can express compassion for others and make sure that we're taking care of our own mental well-being and we can see things in quite a big picture, steady way on those blessed days when the mind is peaceful like that. But when the mind's anxious, 
it jumps to this symptom, that thing. And for many people that suffer with health anxiety, they could have three or four things on the go that the mind will spiral around depending on where the triggers are and where the concerns are. And that is evidence that it's not the thing that we're fixating on. It's the mind. The mind is jumpy. The mind is unsettled. It's worried. It's stirred up and it becomes hypervigilant. And it's so very clever at focusing on the very thing we dread and erasing all the other thoughts from our mind, which is why we have this question again and again. How do I stay in gratitude Mm -hmm. when I'm always waiting for something bad to happen? And the answer really is that the two can coexist. It's not one or the other. We can experience joy in grief. We can experience hope in suffering. We can experience gratitude in suffering. There are grateful moments in, as we were talking about a few minutes ago together, Shan, you and I were having that discussion that there are grateful moments to be found in the midst of the greatest calamities and the most challenging times in our life. We've found gratitudes. In Eastern psychology, there's a very mixed and broad palette where these emotions can coexist. And there isn't an expectation that we should always be happy or peaceful. It's this mixed palette of life. And I think that's, for me, been a very helpful teaching that we can experience sweetness and joy and gratitude, even when things are rough or even when we are worried. There can be that coexistence, not that there's one or the other. Many months ago, you started a regular practice of saying, today my needs are met and I am grateful. Yeah. You shared that with me in conversation. I don't know if we shared it here on the podcast or not. but. That made such an impression on me and does to this day that no matter what I might be challenged with, whether it, you know, whether my mind is a bit out of balance or whether it's just something happening in, in life, paying our bills and doing our best to, to stay healthy and all of the things, right? All of the, all of the, all of the bits that make us human. When I can think about today, my needs are met and I am grateful. There's just so much power and beauty there and so much truth there. Yeah. And as my friend, you know that that arose during a really challenging time for me where there was a lot of uncertainty. It was helpful. Mm -hmm. It's just too easy for the mind to try and break off the leash and run ahead and look for all the things that could go wrong, all the things that might go wrong, all the things that we dread going wrong. And the second we see that, that dread becomes embodied. It goes into our body, it goes into our tissues, and then we've got stress hormones coursing around our veins, affecting our health, affecting our mental well-being, and often we're just sitting in a chair or laying in bed. We've not gone anywhere. Mm -hmm. Nothing's happened, but it's all firing off in our head. So anytime we can just bring it back, In this moment, I'm grateful for something so simple and dependable, but still valuable. Yes, it is. And it's such an easy place to start because it can be something as simple as talking with a friend or noticing when the sun pops out from behind the clouds and getting yourself to a window or better yet, out the door to feel it on your face. Or maybe it's just basking in 
a new soup or stew or you know something that you've just made that smells so good and the steam's rising and you're so grateful that you have food to eat. Or that bath that I run almost every single night <laughs> with my hot salt and just being able to sink in and give thanks that I have clean, hot water to bathe in. These simple needs that we can give gratitude for, if you start to line them up, you realize very, very quickly that there's more to stay in gratitude for than anything else you could anticipate going sideways. Absolutely. And gratitude is a natural antidote to anxiety. It actually helps rein anxiety in. And it's completely understandable that on those difficult days when the mind is running ahead, we have to take conscious action to stop it. We're suffering and the mind is out of control. It's a state the mind gets in. But if we can just bring it back to the most simple, simple appreciation, like clean water, you know, to take a hot shower in the morning, not something to be taken for granted, something to really appreciate. And it just changes our chemistry. And changes our, our mental state when we consistently do it. Not artificially, not making a thing of it, just those little moments where we can just say, oh, I really appreciate this. I'm really thankful for this. Yeah, the gifts in the moment. Let's dig a little bit deeper into the unsettled mind or a better understanding of, of what's going on and how we can continue to practice gratitude and the other remedies and ideas that we have to help stay there. This kind of anxiety when we feel that we're waiting for something bad to happen, really it's a kind of anticipatory anxiety. And Ayurveda teaches that this is caused by an unsettled mind, a mind that's stirred up and it anticipates something bad happening rather than being able to rest and let time unfold and meet events where they are. That's what the steady mind can do. It will just wait and see. I've appreciated elders in my life that would just say, we'll wait and see. Or somebody will say, we'll meet it where it is. And I think, oh, that's such a good consciousness, such a good mind that, that isn't projecting fear into the future and is content to, to wait and see. That's the steady mind. So anxiety is increased by uncertainty. And the anxious mind will always go looking for things that could go wrong or the things that we think of as bad happening. And what really helps with that is looking for things that we trust, things that we trust and know to be constant and certain to counter that uncertainty. So it can be something really simple, like a simple truth, like knowing that the sun will rise every morning or go out and look for the moon and stars at night. And it's like every night they're always there, just those simple grounding, noticing practices. And to just understand that if an unsettled mind is projecting something that makes us feel uncomfortable, that we need to take action to help settle it. So the first thing is not to provoke it and not to stir it up, which is keeping away from media. Mm -hmm. keeping away from even personalities that cause us to feel stirred up. Check in with yourself a few times during the day. How do I feel after reading that? How do I feel after looking at that? How do I feel after going there? How do I feel after talking with this person? 
just check in. Very often we're on autopilot and we don't notice how things are affecting us. Really helpful to look. How do I feel after this? And if it's not good, change it up. So we can look at what's unsettling our mind. And that's the first thing is to help it not be provoked. So heavy media, chaotic personalities, breaks in our routine, and caffeine. Caffeine and stimulants, all of these things provoke and unsettle our mind. So anything we can do to change those things and give it a chance to settle helps it not fling out into the future with those fear-searching or fear-projecting thoughts. We also need to be incredibly mindful of negative self-talk, whether you call that your inner critic or gremlin or um, I call it my internal board of directors, whatever you call it. If you hear yourself saying things like, I never have any peace, I'm always on edge, there's no use, I always have bad luck, or anything that diminishes your ability to make positive change in your life. This is when, with awareness, you can catch yourself making these statements and witness them. And there it is again. There's that pattern. That's not even true. You can question the truth of it. You can question who is that speaking to me, which for some people might be like, what? What are you talking about? But sometimes the inner critic or that inner voice is a teacher who made an impression on us or a schoolyard bully who wasn't very kind or something that we picked up over a lifetime that comes forward that's not even ours, but it's become a part of our mind and it's become a part of this negative self-talk. I invite you to witness that bust yourself, catch yourself, and then let it go with a nice deep breath. Just release it. And the more you catch yourself, the more you see this come up, the easier it will be to release it instead of getting hooked at Shempa. You won't, you won't be hooked as easily because you'll be able to identify it fairly quickly. Yeah, it's a really important practice. And um, in Ayurveda, one of the greatest healing practices we can gift ourselves is self-observation, not criticism, just watching. We've all got patterns. We've all got internal dialogues. We've all got things running that don't serve us well. There's no shame in it. We just need to weed them out, just like taking care of our gardens. And then we have that saying, spring cleaning, and we need, we need to spring clean our minds. It's a practice. It doesn't mean there's any shame or any flaw. We've all picked up stuff that's running. When we notice it, it's an opportunity to change it. That's a good place to be. When we don't notice it, it's just running and running and doing its thing and contributing to our distress or our mental fatigue, our anxiety. So noticing is good. Changing is better. (laughs) And and it's a practice and it's a lifetime's work. We, We all have these triggers and programs running and we can weed them out, change them up. And we can address any specific fears that are coming up with EFT tapping so easily. Yeah, really worth learning how to use tapping. It's very quick in 
15 minutes, you can have a good grasp of tapping. If you invest an hour, you can really start to see the possibilities for it, the broad possibilities for what you can use it for. And it's a fantastic way for changing negative core beliefs, negative dialogues running, things like I, I never have any peace. That's a belief. And if we feel like that, we're not going to have peace because it becomes a stuck belief, but you can change it with tapping. And then you feel more resourceful and you, you start looking for areas where you might have peace or where you can build more peace. And it just changes the whole experience and certainly where we feel triggered and we're, you know, we're having this projection into the future of waiting, even though I'm always waiting for something bad to happen is a great tapping statement. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Just go to anxietyslayer.com forward slash EFT, get the tapping chart and just follow the instructions and tap through for even though I'm always waiting for something bad to happen and see, see how that changes. Because it will. Yeah. And we also invite you to bring self-care practices into your daily routine every single day. Please, please, please do this. This will help you settle your mind. I have been, for the entire month of February and carrying out now into March, starting my day with warm water with lemon and ginger and just a touch of raw honey to cleanse and hydrate my body. and. That's been followed with some other practices and protocols that I don't need to get into. But basically what I've been doing is allowing my body, allowing my digestion to just have a break until about lunchtime every day. For my body type and for my mind type, that's what I need to do right now. And that daily practice done with love and knowing how good that is for my system I've also invited and been doing regular Qigong into my life. A very good friend of mine who's a teacher started offering an online class. And it's just a, a half an hour, but there's recordings as well. And so getting back to Qigong and back to a gentle yoga practice both help calm anxiety and settle us into the present moment. And it's been working for me. In a big way, we've had a lot of different stress come up in our family over the last four months, and I needed to get back to what I know works, what I know helps. And that leads into nourishing meals and being grateful for every nourishing bite you take back to that gratitude piece, not rushing through your meals, but almost being in a a meditation when you're nourishing your body and being more present. And one thing that I've noticed is the more present I am during my meals, I'm not eating as much. I'll prepare a plate of food like I normally would and take my time with it and have leftovers almost almost every time, unless I've started with a much smaller portion, which that's, I guess, a side note more than anything, but <laughs> if, the, if the added benefit is my shrinking midsection, I'll take it. <laughs> but it is a good point because this fear of something bad happening is it's a sense of loss of presence. Mm-hmm. And so when we bring mindful awareness and gratitude into eating, bathing, walking, prepping our meals, the things that we do 
every day, then we're bringing ourselves back into the present moment. And it's only in the present moment that we can make the changes that help us. And it's only in the present moment that we can experience gratitude and peace. So all of these really help with that. And when we eat mindlessly, yeah, we eat, we eat more. We can have a plate of food in front of us and look down and it's gone and we don't know where it's gone. Well, we, we do, but we, but we didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a very different experience to eating mindfully and, and with gratitude. So anything that helps us be present in the moment and to acknowledge gratitude in that moment, that's the answer to how do we bring more gratitude in? How do we be present with gratitude as an antidote to anxiety? And how do we build more awareness in the present moment, enter into the present moment, which stops anxiety flying behind us and dragging stuff up or flying into the future, projecting things we fear. That's how we do it. Another practice that both you and I like, gratitude journaling is so incredibly helpful. And I don't always journal, but I always go through my gratitudes and notice how I supported myself, any small gratitudes that came up throughout the day, kindnesses. Uh, and then I also do have a, a journal as well that I will add to and just writing something down or, and then being able to go back and flip through and see all of these different areas in my life that gratitude has been a part of my day, has been a part of my world. And these daily practices that I've brought forward, that we've brought forward in this podcast, really do help us pass our days more rooted in the present moment and less in our fears, which means that you don't have to be in that place of concern about the next bad thing because you're in gratitude. You're in gratitude more and more and more. One of my very favorite affirmations when I first wake up each day and before I go to bed is all of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. All of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. And I, and I repeat it and repeat it. I've even recorded a loop of this to remind me that this is possible, that no matter what I might be facing, I can still face it with as much ease, joy, and glory as possible. And I learned the phrase from Access Consciousness. It's a class and a way of life that I participate in. And I find that it's a potent way to begin the day by saying, all of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. So it's their quote, not mine, but I have definitely adopted it. And it puts a smile on my face, helps me remember. I have it on a sticky note. I have it on a chalkboard. My husband and I, We'll sometimes have a conversation and I'll I'll be silly about it and say, all of life comes to us with ease, joy, and glory when we're facing some big decisions and choices and things that might make us feel like we could go to that place of, uh-oh, what's coming next? We stay in gratitude. We stay in ease, joy, and glory. And that's the key again is noticing the difference in your physiology, noticing the difference in your in your body and how you feel when you say that versus oh my God, how am I going to cope? Yeah, my life sucks. Yeah, what am I going to do if this happens? Right? I just don't know how I'm going to cope. My sister-in-law is cool in such times and she always reminds me, don't just have a plan A and a plan B. Have A, B, C, D, E, F. Even if they're mad sounding, right? just 
write down a load of ideas so you never feel, oh my God, if this happens, I'm going to be stuck. You know, what do people say? You know, if this happens, we're, we're ruined. It's the, it's the end. When we say that, we feel it in our mm-hmm. body as a reality. So when we say every day my needs are met and I'm grateful, we feel very different in our bodies. And there might still be some raw pain and, and there's going to be challenges there. They don't go, but we meet them differently. And if you meet them with question, what would it take to change this? What else is possible? How can it get any better than this? These are the things that we, if we can teach ourselves to go there, to be in question. Oh man, it just makes such a big difference. Yeah, because anxiety will have you think that what you fear is a fact. Mm -hmm. It's like it etched in a stone tablet. And as we've said before, most of what we fear is false evidence appearing real. We believe the story, we believe the propaganda, and we suffer. But it doesn't mean it's real. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. It just means that our mind is unsettled and that's where it's going. But it's all workable with. It can all be supported. It is. And you can stay in gratitude. It just takes some practice. Thank you so much for listening to Anxiety Slayer. We are incredibly grateful that you come back week after week. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for your kindness. And thank you for helping us with a milestone, 8 million downloads. We are very excited and can't wait to bring a million more. If you love our podcast, please consider exploring our Patreon for loads of Anxiety Slayer extras for calming anxiety, including exclusive posts, guided meditations, tapping sessions, popular episodes from our archives, and behind-the-scenes conversations. You can learn more at patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer.